This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. few months now and God has just been restoring us by his mighty hand and because of that we yield ourselves to it we yield ourselves that letting God mulch he has been giving us tools all along the way and I pray that you have been using those tools there because I don't have to pray that you've given the opportunity to use it because I already know you have every opportunity to use the tools that he's given you to change something that you might be restored and restoration is very important in this day and time, in this dispensation of time, in this span of time. This is what I need. I need restoration. I need to be healed and I need to be made whole. So if you pre-marked in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, which is our foundational scripture, we begin at verse 12 and it reads, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul is letting us know that you have to work out your own salvation. You have to work out what God is working in you. God has been telling us that for weeks. And you know what? I know I might sound uh, repetitive saying it, but I'm telling you, those things are important that you get and that you grab a hold of. You must work out what God is working in you. Your, you, everybody, let me tell you, we're workers together with God. And so every, you have your part, God has His part. We never have to worry about God failing to do His part. He never slumbers or sleeps. He's always gonna do His. We need to make sure we're doing ours. I gotta work out what God is working in me. It's my responsibility to do that. I told you the intent of this teaching is to prepare us for the next move of God. There's always going to be a next move of God. And that next move of God is going to affect the next phase of our lives. There's always going to be a phase in your life. As long as you're breathing and on this planet, there's different phases of your life. Different times, different things that happen. Different. I mean, you can go from having three or four children to empty net, just different phases of your life. And with that comes the next move of God. We need to be prepared. Amen. And then I told you that we need to, that I'm not gonna gonna do the work for you. You have to do the work. I'm just giving you tools. This teaching is not gonna do the work for you. The teaching is to give you the tools for you to do the work. Amen. And then I told you that re, uh, re- restoration requires obedience. Obedience is key. Obedience is key to what God is doing in our midst. Obedience is key. And so because of that, then we know how we ought to act. We know how we ought to work. Now God is going to speak to you through His Word. God speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through His Spirit. And He speaks to us through authority. And you have to, and in in, in, in any of those ways that He speaks to you, you must obey. See, sometimes we like, okay, I'm just going to obey if I can read it for myself in the Word. But no, God might speak to you through authority. So that's why, that's why you don't try to meet flesh before you meet spirit. That's why you don't get carnal and start getting relaxed with authority. Because you have to make sure that you are listening and abiding because God is going to work through authority. Amen. And then we were told that we need to repair some different things, some damages that have happened in our life, damages in our relationship, starting with God. That's our job to do. 
That's our job. We must do. We must forgive. We said forgiveness is key because all our hurts that we've had come and they're, they're, they're stuck in there and we carry them from place to place and for diff, different dispensations in our life because we haven't forgiven. And that's the one thing that God's people don't want to do is they don't want to forgive. They want to feel like they have a right to be upset. They have a right not to forgive. They always want the other person to forgive. But God is telling you to forgive. It doesn't matter who did what and what did what. God is telling you to forgive. And how do I forgive? I let things go. I let it be. And I leave it alone. I cancel the debt. I relieve them from the debt. And I go forward. I move forward. See, if if every time the person that hurt you, if it still bothers you when their name comes up or it just doesn't sit right to you when they come, that means forgiveness has not taken place. Forgiveness has taken place when someone that have hurt you or done something wrong to you or, or whatever and you their name could be brought up or they can walk in the room and it doesn't phase you. You don't feel that, you know, that some kind of way. You don't feel that. Then you know you've been healed. You know, you just, you've let it go. And you let it be. And you leave it alone. And it doesn't matter. Amen? And then because, again, because if we really want to want to look at it like that, and you really want to hold on to it, then God is going to have to hold on to the way you hurt Him. Now, you you said forgive. you got to ask God to forgive. If you want God to forgive you, you got to forgive others. Just let it go. Amen. Then we learn that we have to um, look at the, our present situation, people, from God's perspective. That's how you forgive. When you look at it from God's perspective, it becomes easy to forgive. But as long as you're looking at it from your perspective, you're going to always find a reason why you shouldn't or you don't have to. Or you're going to feel entitled that you don't need to. But if you look at it from God's perspective, whether it be the person, the situation, the circumstance, then it will change for you. Because God will show you how he sees it. And then I told you in one of our teachings, we learned that we have to repair breaches. And breaches are broken places and gaps. And I'm telling you, those broken places and gap comes directly from people not forgiving and it leaves all kind of holes and gaps in your life and in your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding and all of those things. Sometimes that's people's biggest problem with even hearing the word is because they got so much unforgiveness in your heart. And you know what? The Bible tells us something about that. When you operate in unforgiveness, the Bible says that bitterness, bitterness is the same thing. It will spring up and trouble you. That means it will trouble you in your body. Sickness will grab a hold of you and won't let go. Because why? It'll just spring up. That means all of a sudden, bam, there it is. It'll just be there. It'll spring up and trouble you. Is it worth all of that? No. And then while it's springing up and troubling you, then you want to be in forgiveness. But you've set so many things in motion. Let it go. It's not worth it. You don't want anything to be able to spring up and trouble. You know what? You have enough to contend with, with the adversary. You ought not have to be fighting against yourself. Because you don't want to do something. Just let, don't give the devil no, don't give him things that, I mean, little things that he can operate in just to keep you where you are. Shut it down. And you shut it down by what? Just simply forgiving. Amen. Did we say we have to repair our breaches in our natural knowledge? You don't know everything. Be, you, you cannot fear learning. Be able to learn. Listen. Don't try to see like, oh, well, I ain't going to listen today. I know everything they're going to say. I already know all of that. I already know all that. Usually people that say that doesn't know much. They do not know much. 
Always be willing to learn. You'll hear something. Amen. Then we have to repair the breaches in our current condition. Meaning that some of the areas in my spiritual life, my natural life, my financial life, all of those. And I'm telling you, I was listening to that, to that word this morning. I'm like, you gotta prepare it in your way of thinking and all the different, all the different little avenues you take to make things work because it won't work. You need, those are breaches and gaps and things that you, you're gonna try to make. And uh, listen, I've said it time and time again, I'll say it again. You're never gonna make God a lie. You're not, go- you're not gonna outwit God. You're not gonna make God's word a lie. You're not gonna say, well, I don't know, I know they think that this is gonna happen. They think this is gonna, I'm gonna show them that. Let me tell you, we don't think anything. We just saying what the word says. And you're not gonna make it a lie. But you can make adjustments through the word of God, and God can strengthen you, and you can go down a different road. Amen? And then we said in our, in I think our time before last, we, we said in order for us to, uh, a requirement to be restored is that we need to be preparing ourselves to be used by God. We understand that God wants to use us and we have to, unless, but unless you're rebuilt, unless you're healed, unless you have been repaired, God can't use you. Restored. God said, let me restore you so I can use you. You know, we, and let me tell you, everybody needs restoration. You've been into something. You know that unseen thing that just you and God knows, know about. I mean, everybody else see you as holy and worthy and, and like you've never seen. But God knows and you know. God said restoration is needed. And then we said that restoration requires us to become settled. That's one of the things that's very hard for God's people. To just settle down. We must be settled. We must become settled. You know, at some point in your life, you gotta settle people in your life, you gotta settle relationships, you gotta settle situations, you gotta settle some things. Just settle yourself down. And then we went to Psalm uh, chapter 1 and it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, the one that doesn't stand in the way of sinners and sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night. And what shall he be like? He shall, he will not be like a potted plant, but he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his fruit. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever. We want to be trees of righteousness. We want to be those trees that God can use, established, rooted, established and productive. Why? Because our roots grow deep. And when our roots are deep, nothing is going to be able to pull us up. Every circumstance, situation, let me tell you, if, if September 1st would have happened to me and I would have been potted, I would not be in this place that I am today. You have to be a tree when circumstances come this way above your head, when it's all, when it seems like it's drawing you, when you feel like you're sitting on a, a beach somewhere and a big tidal wave is coming to just swamp over you, where it, where, and, and it comes, and it swamps over you. But after it all settles down and it all goes back, you still that tree standing. But if you was a potted plant, you'd be washed away in it. Any circumstance, any situation, you have to be a tree. God said, that man that's blessed, and I told you those scriptures, you can live your life off. Blessed is the man. Just don't walk in, you know what, remove people from you that are scornful and people that are foolish and you have to do it. You have to do it if you want to be restored. 
You have to do it. And I know you, you, you got the wrong way of thinking. Then once we are settled, you said you have to be consistent. Be consistent. Amen. And that's just simply being monotonous in the things that you do. Do it over and over again. That means you have to come to go to church over and over again. The same thing. We do the same thing over and over again. And now I just see so much of my founding pastor. He would, he did not like a whole bunch of changes. He liked things just like that. We're doing it just like that. And I'll be like, why don't we do that? Nope. Just like that. Monotonous. The same way. You become successful like that. We don't want any your life don't need to be sporadic. Sporadic lives are never, ever, they, they're, they're not willing to be restored because they're all over the place. So we got to be consistent. And then we said not only do we have to be consistent, but we have to be committed. And that definition, just no matter what. It doesn't matter what's coming our way. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't matter if COVID is here. It doesn't matter if we have to stay home, if we got to go to work. No matter what, I'm staying with God. I'm no ma- I'm totally committed to the faith. And then we said you have to endure hardness. Many of us, you have not endured hardness in our lives. But let me tell you, if you live long enough, you will. We got, but you have to learn to endure it. And I told you, anybody, any young, you, I mean, anybody can be young, but let me tell you, you're growing older every day and things change. You have to be able to endure hardness. Now is the time to build yourself up there. Now is the time to build your system up for it so that in later years, I'm able, I am able to endure. I watch. Minister Martin's mother, and she just gives me strength when I see her. And I see, and I said, you know what? It's just just a blessing to see the strength that she has. But let me tell you, that came from a long time ago, and it's down in her, and she's and it's embedded in her. And just seeing her encourages me. And in the way she talks, it encourages me. And the things she says encourage me. It shows I said, you know what? God is a faithful God. That comes from a person that's been committed to God for years. You must be committed. You got to say, it doesn't matter. Because one day you're going to be there. You're not going to be young forever. I know you think you are. We all, when we were young, thought we were going to be young. I can remember when I was 18 and I thought I was going to be there forever. And that time, you know, when you're in high school, you think that's all it's about. And that's the most worth. you see when you moved on. That's just going to be something that was once done. You're going to move on. You're getting older every day. It's time for you to strengthen yourself. So when those days come, you can sit and you can sit with strength and just wait your turn because you are right with God. That's how you live your life. You live your life based on the Word of God. Amen. And then we went to Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, and then we start talking about how to be ordered. Oh, God. We was like, oh, no, 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 no. That word order just makes me seem like that comes with obey. That other word I don't like. But let me tell you, you're going to have, you must be willing to be ordered. You have to say to yourself, I have to be ordered. And then in, in Psalms 37, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his ways. Now, you know what? If your steps are not ordered by God, then you're in a bad place. You must, if you're going to be restored, I'm going to have to be Ordered. People don't like that, but you have to. You can never be established or productive unless you are able to be ordered. And I told you, what, just what you think the word ordered means is what it is. You must be ordered. 
And you're gonna, you're gonna be honest. And I gave you an example. I'm like, and it shouldn't be a shock to you. We, that's what you need to be doing with your children. Instead of asking them, order them. Amen. To be ordered means to be positioned for change, growth, and, and productivity. It is to be positioned for change, growth, and product, and productivity. Why? Because God is gonna place somebody in your life, somebody in your church, somebody that's ministering the word, to position you. And that's gonna come with ministering to you. Ministering you, not what you wanna hear, but ministering to you in a place where you are so that you can be in the position that you need to be in so God can use you. You can't tell people how you want them to preach to you. Nobody's gonna get, nobody at this church is gonna give you no little soft cushion. No, we got to, why? You're in trouble. You need to be yanked out of trouble. And that's just what we're going to do. We're going to do it with the Word of God. Amen. With the Word of God. God is trying to get you out of trouble. He's trying to restore you, heal you, and get you to a place where you are made whole. Uh, you Let me tell you, the, the reason why you're not so excited about when I say uh, uh, God making you whole, because you've never been whole. But see, once you get whole, you can be like, oh my God, I've never felt this before. But oh my God, it's a wonderful thing to be made whole. But see, if you never, if you never had it, you don't know. Get, position yourself and watch God make you whole. You will experience things you never experienced before. Amen. So we said that, uh, and please, please know that you're gonna need somebody. Sometimes you're going to need somebody to change your environment. You can't change it yourself, so God is going to use somebody. And, but you know what? You cannot refuse to move in position. I have seen people in, in uh, being in ministry as long as I've been in it. I have seen people come and go in this ministry, and I've seen them move themselves out of place. Just, just move them out, out of place, just off the top of their head, just doing anything. Just don't understand the move of God. Don't understand how God is doing. Just upset. Just carnal. And see, you can never ever understand what God is doing being carnal. I must be able to acknowledge that I can be out of order. You must say out loud, I can be out of order and I know it. Because whenever you think that there's no way I can be out of order, I'm always right. You will never be restored. You will never be ordered. You will never listen to an authority. You're going to do what you want to. You will act like you're listening, but you're going to do what you want to do. Many breaches that you have and many strugglings that need to be repaired it come from the simple reason that somebody tried to direct you and you wouldn't, you would not go for it. And, and you know what? When people try to direct you, these are things people say when people are trying to, when authorities trying to direct you, oh, they just trying to run my life. Uh, well, how do I know what they're saying is true? I don't know. This. See, all of those type of things is a person that don't want to be and will not be ordered. I don't believe everything they say. Well, a person that don't want to be ordered. Well, all you got to do is whatever they're saying, check with your word. Because then you, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the word. Does it line up with the principles in the Bible? Amen. And, and everybody in, everybody under the sound of my voice, somebody gave you an opportunity to grow and you turned it down. Somebody did. You don't, you probably don't remember who it was. You, you remember. You remember plainly who it is. But some, God put people in your life for you to grow, but you turned it down. That's where the breaches come. God is always going to put somebody there. 
then let me tell you, because you will not allow yourself to be ordered. Like, no, now I, let me do what I want to do, and after I do what I want to do, then you come and order my life. Nope, that's not the way it works. Because guess what? After that, you're not going to be ordered either. You're not going to be ordered after you think you get what you thought you wanted. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be ordered because you're not whole. You're not healed. You're still working and doing your own thing. That, that, see, everything that Minister Stinson was talking about this morning, that's from people that are not ordered. And have not, and wouldn't take direction. Wouldn't take instructions. Those are the type of, those are the ways that they operate. Called manipulation and all those kind of things. You operate in all that kind of stuff when you're a person that will not be ordered. But that's going to change, right? It's going to change. Because why? God is going to heal you. He's giving you the tools to get it right. Amen? Remember, I'm talking about how to be made whole. Amen? And, and let me tell you, all of the, everything that I'm talking about and over all the past weeks that I've talked about, don't think that you can throw up a prayer and it's going to happen. This takes process. This takes work. You're going to have to work it out. You know, everybody just want to just pray for me. Let's, okay, let's just pray. Okay, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, we just throw that around like it's nothing and we think everything's supposed to operate. It doesn't work like that. I told you last week, I tell you this week, it's not that kind of party. So know that. It's not just throwing up a prayer. You have a work to do. What, what did we just read? You gotta work out your salvation. You gotta work it out. And what does work mean? You gotta labor. You gotta labor. Why? Because you have flesh. You have sins in you that so easily beset you. You got weights. You got all of those things that are just crushing down on you. So it takes work to press through. It's not just throwing up a prayer. And prayer is good and you ought to pray. But that's not going to get it done. You have work to do. Amen. And then I said, if you're going to be ordered, that you have to, restoration requires for us to trust in God. Trust in the Lord. We got to trust in the Lord. And when I said that, I told you that, that you have to trust in Him as your Father. As your father. And as a father, you have to trust in him that he has your best interest at heart. you got to think on that and say, no matter how he rebukes me, corrects me, chastises me, he has my best interest at heart. You know what? It's kind of hard for you to believe that any, anybody have your interest at heart but yourself. That's because you're a selfish person. But God has your interest at heart, and He's trying to make sure that you understand. Let let your life be ordered. Understand that you have a Father, Amen. And and you know, don't you you take that right into your children's life. All of that foolishness. No, no, we don't have to do that. Now go with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter three, because that's where we were. And and I'm going to start right here and we're going to run right into the new information because this is kind of where we left off. But I told you I was going to take it slow because this is something that I think everybody starts stumbling at and everybody starts slobbering and, and start regurgitating and throwing up and won't swallow. But I hope when we got off last from streaming last week, I hope you got you a cup of water and set at your table and swallowed and swallow. But in case you didn't, we're going to go over some things and we're going to move forward. Amen. Now, in Proverbs chapter 3, are you there? 
Now, most again, most of the book of Proverbs is written by a father to sons, but a, but it, but it is written, listen, by a father to a son to teach the son how to trust a heavenly father. Okay, listen. It, and all again, all of it's going to become clear as we go forward. Just follow me. In Proverbs three, this father says to his son, beginning at verse five, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart." And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He's saying, son, I'm your father. This is how you relate to your heavenly father. He's teaching him how to refer, re, um, how to relate to the heavenly father. The way I, he's like, this is the way I trusted him and this is the way you should. He said, don't lean into your own understanding. That's what I want you to do this morning. I don't want you to lean into your own understanding or you're going to have a problem. You don't lean into your understanding. Trust in the Lord. In everything that you do, acknowledge him and let him direct your path. Watch this. Restoration is required. The first one, that was the first point of the day that we start, is that, uh, that I trust the instructions of a father. That I need to retry, is a requirement to be restored, is that I trust the instructions of a father. I told you to listen attention, uh, attentively and very carefully, because we're getting at some things where it gets you kind of messed up. God is my father, and he uses fathers. God uses fathers to direct us, to order us, and if I'm going to be made whole, I have to trust in the instructions of a father. Whether it is God, who is my father, my heavenly father, or a father that God uses to instruct me, I realize that I have to take my time with this, because some of you have not ever known what a father is. So I slow down and I want you to get this. Now, this is what a father is. See, I want you to get out of your head, follow me, get out of, I want you to get out of your head gender. I want you to get out of your head gender. Okay? Just for a moment and let God minister to you. This is what a father is. A father is a head of the house. A head of a house. A head of a family. A head of a group. A head of an organization. A head of a clan. Now, regardless of your age, no, regardless of your gender, if you're a member of this church, I am a type. Everybody say a type. A type of father. Why? Because I'm a head of a group. Now the word head simply means the natural example by which others in the family, clan, group, organization can follow. That's all that means. A head means a natural example by which others in the family, clan, organization, group that can follow. It just means that a head is just a natural example for those who are in that family and group or organization. They can all look to that example and follow it. And I told you a coach, for example, is a type of father. A father is a 
authority figure. Now listen, I can't, you know, in your home, that's totally different. We're not talking, we're talking spiritual things now. So I want you to grab a hold of this. A father is an authority figure. And authority is God's plan to make sure that you're protected because he's going to put some authority over you. That's where protection comes from. So a father is someone who is over that head of the over the house, over the group, over the organization, and they're there to protect them. And how does a father, being with the example that we gave you what a father is, how do they protect? They don't protect with a gun, a bat, a fist, none of those things. They, they protect with righteousness, having a righteous life. Before the group, the, the clan, the organization. I'm just going to say the congregation. Listen very closely. Their righteousness, there's righteousness. The father uses his righteousness to keep the devastation of unrighteousness out of that which they're fathering. I've seen my founding pastor do it over and over again. He was so... Uh, I won't ever say overly protective, so very protective of every member of this church. He was, he, he hated when things was out of order or somebody was doing something against the word of God. And he would be so, now I'm going to tell you, he used to be crushing his heart because he hated to see young, young adults that he thought would be this place and that place and, and they would do everything backwards. He would just be crushing his heart, but he would just fight his way back like they got to get this, they got to get this, because he was protecting them. And when he would go and talk to them, they thought, because of carnality, he was against them. But he was all along protecting them, because that's what authority do. That's what parents do. That's why when parents see their children do something, or a father do their, see their children do something that's out of... Uh, out of character or something that's going to place them in danger and they spank them because they say, didn't I tell you not to go there? It doesn't mean you hate it and the child doesn't like it, but it's because you love them and you're protecting them because they're in danger. But carnal people can never see that. And a person that won't be ordered surely cannot see that. All they can see is what they want and how they're going to get it. And so everything is against authority. Amen. So we understand that that the, the, he's gonna the, the the father figure the 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 person that's over the organization is gonna always be protective. A father is respected because of how he lives. See, I don't care if, if I'm not respected because I don't do what you want me to do. Oh well, I could care less. But you're respected on how they live. And now, a father gives you instructions, and when he, they give you instruction, you must allow them to order you. Now, you know what a father is? Listen. And, 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 you know, see, when you know what a father is, you'll know when one shows up in your life. I just gave you the definition of what a father is, what a head is, what an authority figure is. So now when one shows up in your life and all of those qualifications are there, then know that your father has stepped into your life. Are you with me? 
You don't have to, again, you don't have to go by bloodlines and blood types and birthdays and, you know, you just go back and listen to this message and find out what, what a head is. Amen? And again, I know you didn't understand. Then we went over to Proverbs chapter 4. Listen, I told you this, because this is where we're going to start new information. Fathers gives individual and collective instructions. In order for to order us, whether it's individual or collective, he's going to give instructions to order us. In other words, a father may not talk to you individually. <laughs> See, you're not, you, they might not sit down and talk to you individually every time. But just as the head of the group, a head of a family, a head of an organization, a head of a clan, they may give instruction that implies to everybody in the house. You remember how your, your parents used to do? They had orders and it was for everybody in the house when they left. Everybody. Yeah, I have instruction, but it's for everybody in the house. God is the same way. God is our Father. He may not always come and talk to us individually, but He gave us His Word. Know that. And all of us, all of us that are His children, we can all get His instructions. Every one of us. It is collectively. Instructions... It's for all of us. Myself and everyone that's under the sound of my voice. So you don't necessarily need a father to go and sit down with you and have an individual conversation. If you are in the presence of a father and they give you instructions, it's yours. Ooh, you better get that. If you're in the presence of a father and they give you instructions, it's yours. You better, you better get that. That was simple but profound. See, it's tough because we have so many bad fathers, bad natural fathers. And that's why we are struggling right now. But that's okay. You're going to have to, uh, you, listen, you're going to have to swallow this. You're going to have to get this. Proverbs 4 and 1. See, this is why... Let's just read Proverbs 4 and 1. Hear ye children the instructions of a father and attend to no understanding. This is why you have to forgive. If you have art in your heart against one man, guess what? You can't hear from another one. Did you hear me? If you have art in your heart against one man, you cannot hear from another one. Stop worrying about people that was unqualified in your life to have in your life. See, sometimes you had people or you had fathers, natural fathers, and maybe even some spiritual fathers that wasn't qualified in your life. So now you don't want to hear any. That's why you hear people say, oh, I don't go to church. All them preachers. No, no, no. Maybe, and, and you know what, and, and maybe not just maybe your own carnal self, maybe because your natural father wasn't right, because now all spiritual fathers, because they're not doing what you want to as bad fathers. But you can't, you can't say, you can't put everybody in one group. You can't do that. Because everybody's not the same. Amen? So, let's, let's, let's read, listen, listen. If someone who is qualified with the title, title speaks, then it's yours. You need to know that. This is why you have to forgive so, so you, you can put yourself in that position. Again, if your heart is against one man, you won't hear from another. 
Stop worrying about the unqualified one. Why? So I can be ready when someone that is qualified speaks to me. I can receive. Verse 2, for I give you good doctrine. Well, let me read from 1 to 3. Hear ye children the instructions of a father and attend to knowing understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father, excuse me, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. See, a father gets what he gives from a father. Ooh. A father gets what he gives from a father. See, your mother loved you too. But I like that. He, I like verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. I like that. He taught but me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. See, my father, my founding pastor, listen, taught me, and now I'm teaching you. My founding pastor taught his sons, and one day they'll teach you. <laughs> You're getting all of this because of a father. A father taught a father who is now teaching a son who will become a father. See, again, don't get the ginger all mixed up because then you get mixed up in your head. Look at verse 4 again. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Listen. What I'm saying to you, what I'm telling you, is simply the, the B part of that. Keep my commandments and live. You know, I'm often asked a lot of times, people, you know, ask me, how was it to live with Pastor Hill? And, you know, people, you know, they, they, they do the, I'm, I'm sure they do the same thing with my sons or, you know, how was that being, you know, you being your father? Well, first of all, I can't relate to how was it to live with Pastor Hill. Because I have, because he was actually a father to me. But I have nothing to weigh that with because I had no other father. My sons probably couldn't answer that either because you when you're saying, how was it to live? It's like you have to show me the difference between this and that. But when you only had one, you don't have, you can't, you can't do it. So this is the way God showed me. He said, this is what they're really asking because sometimes people haven't had a father. They're saying, how was it to have a father? <laughs> Did you get that? See, they're saying, how was it to live with one? But they're really asking, how was it really to have a father? That's, the really, that's really the question. What was it like to have a father? Now, I can answer that one. Now, I'm going to answer it. The question of having a father is simply this. I sat down, I meditated on it. And this is, this, this is my answer to that. I learned how to be a child. Mm. 
The question of how was it to have a father is I learned how to be a child. You cannot really learn how to be a child without a father. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. So when it came from, you know, so when it came time for me and my children to have a relationship with God, it was easy. Why? Because of the father we had. (laughs) Did you hear me? You know, when God dealt with me, he dealt with me the way my husband dealt with me. And when I went through this tough times of burying him and, and, you know, still tough times. Accepting the fact that I'm not going to see him on this side. When it comes to all of that, I knew in 2018 and I know in 2020 and I know throughout my life on earth, I know how to trust God. And you know why? Because I trusted my father. See, I trusted him. And he taught me how to trust God. So when God deals with me, and let me tell you, my son, my, my, let me tell you, my father in the Lord. See, some of you know and some of you know, I was raised by a single parent. My father died a month before I was born. I had no father in the home. So I could relate to my, my mother did everything. It was like a mother and father. You know, because, I mean, she was a mother and father. She did everything. She had six children by herself, never married again, and she did everything. But she could not be the father that my husband was to me. Now, now I'm talking just naturally now. Understand? Because, see, me and my children, we know what God sounds like. <laughs> We know how he's going to operate in our lives. We know what he will not tolerate and what he will tolerate. We know when God is pleased with us and we know when God is not. Why? Because we had a father. Because we had a father. Well, Pastor, what about those of us that didn't grow up with a father? But you have one now. We don't have to worry about that. You have one now. And guess what? You're going to have to learn how to trust Him. Now watch this. Restoration requires letter A. That I trust the instructions came from God. I got to trust that instructions came from God. Meaning whether it came to you in an individual setting, a group setting, whether it came from God, from heaven... In your personal time with him, or whether it came through authority, I have to trust that it came from God. That's why when someone in authority tell you, thus said the Lord, you have to trust that it came from God. You cannot sit up and say, how do I know? They can miss it too. That's a person that won't be ordered. You have to trust. When are you going to trust? But guess what? It's easy. This is what gets me. It's easy for God's people to trust when it favors somebody. But when it comes to rebuke or correction or chastisement, now I want to know how you heard that. And why, and it might not be God. 
So don't tell me how you, you, because you trust what you want to trust. Listen to me closely. Whether it's individual, personal, through authority, now I have to get in order when I know that it came from God. When I trust that it came from God. I must get in order. I must get in position. Now see, this is the game we like to play. We like to play that game. I don't know if that was God. That's a game. Did you hear me? That is a game that you play. How do I really know that I'm supposed to do that? Let's stop playing games. Okay, let's, let, 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 let's take it a little further so you can get understanding. You know you, right? You know yourself, right? Now, when you hear something that's about you, you know it's about you. Because you know yourself. I mean, come on now, let's stop playing the game. We're going to stop playing it right now. When you hear something and you know it's about you, you know it because you know you. Now, when you're out of order in some of the areas of your life and you know you're out of order, you act like you don't know it's you. Hmm, that ain't me. Yeah, well, what you upset about? What are you upset about? You know you. Okay, let's forget the instructions for a second. You know you. Listen, if someone tells you to go wash and you've already been clean, you know, you, 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 but you be like, I'm already clean, I'm good. But now if somebody tells you to go wash and you know you haven't washed, then you come with, hmm, why they say that? Well, you already know whether you washed or not. It's something like, you know, when your children grew up, I know when my, when my sons grew up and, and, and it was time to go to bed and stuff, and, and you know, when they were able to start bathing themselves and stuff, and you tell them to go take a bath, and they get out of there, and they just don't look quite, and you, you be like, did you clean yourself? And they be like, yes, ma'am. And you be like, get back in there. You're you just running water and standing there. And you pull back the shower curtain, and they tell you know, they, they just slapping something now. You wasn't doing nothing because why? Why would they get back in it? Because they know they hadn't watched. It ain't nothing to discuss. So when you, because they know them, they know, they go right back in there. When you say, get in there and take a bath and do it, uh, they go right back in there because they know that it wasn't. But now why? You know you. <laughs> you know, when your father gives you instructions... You know it's from God because you know you. That's why I don't like people to tell me things about themselves. Don't tell me anything. Just let God move. And see, and this is, and some of you out there, because you don't know me, you'd be like, even what I'm saying, they'd be like, well, I don't know. I don't really know them. Well, you know, you don't have to know me, but you know you. See, no, you might not know me personally, but you know you. <laughs> and if somebody walk up in your life and told you about yourself get in order trust that it came from God if, you, if you're streaming today and God is speaking to your heart trust that it's God 
Restoration requires letter B, that I trust the instructions are good for me. You got to trust that the instructions are good for me. It doesn't matter if you don't like what has been said. Again, let's not play the game. You say, what do you, what, you know, what do they think they, you know, who do they think they are saying something like that? They're not the only one that can hear from God. Oh, that's really a person that don't want to be ordered. They're not the only one that can hear from God. Why do I have to do that? I don't trust everything they say. It's good for you when authority gives you instructions of righteousness. It's good for you. This is one thing. And that, listen, I could, I could remember times and times that my, my, my husband would sit down and talk to his sons about different things and talk to them about different things. But let, let me tell you something about, about my founding pastor, about my husband, about my pastor, about my father. One thing about him, there were times my husband would say different things or he'd do something. Or, and I wouldn't necessarily agree with him at the time. But it always seemed to work out. You know why? Because he always was looking out for angels. And I would always tell my son, you better listen to your dad because he's looking out for your best interest. You better listen to your parents. I don't care how much you think they don't understand. They are looking out for your best interest. Stop thinking you know everything. You don't. They are looking at, and I, and I tell them, and I tell, you know what? It was time that he'd say something, and I'd be like, no, uh-uh. And it turns out different. In my whole life, my 40 years of marriage to him, I could, I, 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 I don't, can't even count on one hand that he had instructed me in something, and it haven't came out, it came out wrong. And if it ever did, it's because I didn't follow instruction. You know why? Because he always had my best interest at heart. Always. He always had his children's best interest at heart. That was him. That's a father. And that's any natural father. And, and you know, children think that the parents are out to get them. How? They're your parents. And see, when we, when I, when the parents get on you and tell you things that are about you, you act like they're not showing love and you mad at me. No, no, I have your best interest at heart and I'm trying to grab you out of trouble. You better listen. You'll learn over time. Your parents, your fathers have your best interests. And they want the best for you. And over time, I'm telling you, I've seen it. And it's worked for me. It's worked for my children's life. So I want to encourage you all, all children of God, just do what the Father says. Even what we're talking about, just do what He says. What are you saying, Pastor? Trust that whatever God is saying, even to you today, that is good for me. Listen. Many people, they're handling things another way. They don't, they don't, you know, they, 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 they do their own thing. See, that's not good. You can't do things your own way when God has instructed you. You cannot do what you want. Once he's instructed you, you got to do it his way. You know, whether you agree with it or not, it's not about what you agree with. It's about, I'm obeying what you say because, Father, you've you've already instructed me. Just trust that God is for you. 
In order to be ordered, you have to trust this. God is for me. <laughs> Listen, for some young people in the church, as an authority figure, listen, I'll say something. I'm, I'm going to, listen, I'm not going to always say something sweet and kind. But you got to trust that it's God. See, that's what you want. You are, oh, you know, Pastor, is you going to say this, that, and other? Uh, let me tell you, some days I'm going to have to instruct you, but you got to trust that it's come from God. Just know, whatever I instruct you about, whether I rebuke you, whether I chastise you, whether I, I, give you instructions in righteousness, whether I'm chopping your head off, just know at the end of it all, I have your best interest at heart, whether you see it or not. I have your best interest at heart, always. For you youngsters that are in school, whether it be grade school, whether it be college, there are plenty of things that, let me tell you, that we're going to instruct you in this church, that your parents are going to instruct you at home. And guess what? You must trust that it's good for you. I don't care what your friends are doing. Everybody else might be doing it. There's many things that, that, that your, your friends and everybody else are doing that God is going to instruct you the opposite way. Trust God. Oh, everybody's doing that. I want to do. Okay. Let me tell you. When God instructed me when I was a, when I was young, when I was in my twenties, and that's young. When I was in my twenties, I'm telling you, when God instructed me and I followed what He was saying, guess what? All those friends that was doing opposite of that, guess where? Right now, they're still where I left them. And yours will be too. You just follow. What's your instructions of your father? Even if you don't like it, say, you know what? I don't like what they're saying. I don't like what he's saying. Whether it's in the church or in your home. Your natural father or your authority figure or your spiritual father. When, when they give you instruction, you might not like it. But you say, but you know what? I know this is good for me. You need to tell yourself, I know this is good for me. I know that counsel is good. It may not look good, but you're going to go on to bigger and better things. Why? Because they're going to show you how to be successful. I'm trying to show you how to be successful. Your parents are trying to show you how to be successful. My husband had me and my children's best interests at heart. And he knew what would make us successful, walking in the things of God. Listen, church, your father... Have your best interest at heart. Here and at home. And see, I know, I know that you say to yourself, Ooh, Lord, you know, our church is, uh, And then some of you that may be streaming be like, Ooh, I hear what they're saying. You know, that church is a little tight over there. I can tell. You know, and even some of you, you like, mm, You know what? There's a little title. You know, the other churches over there you know, they're not, you know, you can get away with some things over there. You can't get away with nothing over there, over here. But you can get away with some things over there. <clears throat> well, obviously, God didn't want you at the getaway church. Because you're here. Don't worry about why. Listen, you parents, don't worry about why some of your children are at this church and you're at that church. Listen, listen, God didn't want you at the getaway church. 
God didn't place you there. If God wanted you at the getaway church, He would have led you there. Obviously, you couldn't handle it, and you wasn't going to handle the getaway church, so here you are. So what, what do I do? Let Him order you. Because you're at the right church. Let Him order you. Listen, there's nothing wrong. Listen, know this. People might say our church is tight and we don't get away with nothing. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with a tight life, a healthy life, a clean life, a holy life, a sanctified life. It's not going to hurt you. See, it's nice to have a cheeseburger every once in a while, but you know what? If you get salad once a week, it's okay too. If you get it every week, you'll be just fine. You're not going to die. It's all right to have that. You're not too young. Let us see. I have to trust that the instructions are proven. Mm. Now, here's the great and important, what's great and important about getting instructions from a father. Listen, when I said that instructions are proven, the important things about getting instruction for a father, there are other children that you can look at and see that it works. See, that's how it's proved out. You can look at other people. You can look at other people in the church and it proves that it's worked. See, you have to trust that it is proven. First of all, it is proven in the father's life that's over you. It's proven in the heavenly father's life. It's proven in the natural father's life. And then you can look out among your siblings. See, when you're in the congregation, you got all siblings who have to live out those instructions earlier. And you can see that it's been proven in their lives. <laughs> oh, I can see, I can see different ones. That were, I saw it in the new gen on Friday. I'm like, proof! Proof! Every time new gen comes there, it's proof. There's the proven point. If you want to see things that are proven there, it's proven by siblings. Watch siblings where they have followed the instruction. Don't watch the ones that didn't follow the instruction and think that's all it is. I'm not saying you ignore them. I'm just saying you want to say if the word proven, watch the ones that have walked in it. That proves that it works if you follow the instructions. You got to follow it. Letter D. I have to trust the instructions will sustain me. And what does it mean? It says, I keep these commandments, I like what it said, and live. See, I had to get to a point in my mind that the instructions that are given is enough. It's enough. To keep, to make, to, to help me keep the commandments and live. And at some point you have to get out of the perpetual, listen, you have to get out of the perpetual search for instructions. Listen, if you know that it came from the Father, whether it came from Him directly, uh, through the lines of authority, you know it was God, you know it was good for you, you don't need confirmation and you don't need other instructions. It's done. God said it. I don't need confirmation. If somebody give it there, what you you've been waiting for that? 
You got to trust that it was God that said it. Whether you get a confirmation, I don't need to say, okay, well, okay, I heard that. But now I'm going to go over here and see if they're saying the same thing. And I'm going to go over here and see if they No, I got to trust that the instruction he gave me is right and good. Just keep those and live. I have seen over my time in ministry, and I've seen people, and some of you out there that may be streaming through it, I have seen and I have learned and, and seen people, they have learned themselves out of a good place. I have seen them get up out of the church, learn themselves out of a good place, thinking they know. Just learned a little something and had to go. I know what they said, but let me see. Let me see what somebody else is going to say. You know what? At some point, you're going to have to keep somebody's commandments and live. And if you know it came from God, keep it. Live. Keep it and live. Here's your second restoration. Okay? It requires that I take an assignment from a father. I have to take an assignment from a father. Go back to Philippians chapter 2 right quick. Run over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Not only shall I obey instructions, but I have to take the assignment. What do you mean by that, pastor? You have to work, listen, while you heal. (laughs) Did you hear me? You have to work while you heal. I know you're going to be, God is restoring, he's healing, he's getting it right with you, he's making you whole, but you're going to have to work while you heal. That's what fathers do, they put you to work while you're getting yourself together. Whether it's your heavenly father or your natural father, your father puts you to work while you're getting yourself together. A good natural father will put you to work while you're getting yourself together. I mean, it's, it's, some, it's like physical therapy. See, you're not going to recuperate just because you had surgery. You're going to have to work while you are healing. Have you ever seen someone that had surgery? Maybe, mm, let's say they maybe had it on their knee or their leg or, or, or something like that. And I mean, back in the day, see, you know, all the medical stuff has changed so much now. Back in the day, if, uh, back in the day, if you had knee surgery, they was like, you know, be still and heal. Don't, don't move it. They put it in the cast and they steal. But this day and time, and now what they do when you have a knee surgery or whatever, they want you up the next day. And they'd be like, come on, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have to work with it while it's healing. You gotta get up. And they have you walking down the hall. They want you to do some steps. They don't want you to hold up. They like blow in the deal so you can get up and start walking. Because they want, they need you working while it's healing. So that's what the law, that, that's what a father's gonna do. You're gonna have to work while you heal. I don't care how swollen and how tender that part is from, 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 from whatever you, you've been through. It's time to get up and work while you heal. Ah, uh, you know, I'm just going to just relax for a minute because this, that. No, no, no. You got to work while you're healing. It's good for you. What authority is going to say, get up, get out the bed. 
Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You made those choices. Get up. I know, I know, I know you're still in pain. But get up. You're going to have to work while you heal. Because what? There's healing in working. There's healing in working. Are you back in Philippians chapter 2? Paul says in verse 1 and 2, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. He said, fill my joy. I am, I fill my joy. L- listen, no, notice what Paul didn't say. He said, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my job. He didn't say fulfill God's joy. Because he's the father to the Philippi church. Fulfill my joy. See, let me tell you, it's a good thing to have your father filled with joy. Because you're doing what what you're supposed to do. Look at verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. See, church restoration requires that I take an assignment. Because, see, fathers sees our potentials, not our flaws. Mm. A father sees your potential, not your flaws. So the father says, I know that you have all those issues, but come. Come on and get to work. I know you're still struggling in that area, but come on and get to work. Let's get it. That's what fathers do. Restoration requires letter A, that I see the needs of others. You know, one of the best ways to get healed is to start seeing the needs that someone else, some, some other person has. Start living outside of your own interests. Oh, God has been telling us that for years. Stop. Get outside of your own interests. Start living outside of yourself. And stop being preoccupied with yourself. Looking on your own things. And start looking on the things of someone else. Pray ye for one another that you may be healed. Restoration requires let it be that I learn to serve. That I learned to serve. You know, welfare, Medicare, government, you know, government assistance and all that. And, and that's all that's fine. And I believe personally, I think that the, the country should have that. I, I think they should have that. You know, I'm in favor for it. And I, you know, I, I think that, that we ought to take care of, 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 the country ought to take care of the citizens that can't take care of themselves. Did you hear me? I think they ought to have those things set up for people that can't take care of themselves. <laughs> I hope you got caught that. Listen. The only thing about the Medicare, Medicaid, and government assistance, listen to me closely. Again, uh, I'm for it because we, people that can't take care of themselves, but this is, this, this is the problem. And some... The problem with it is that sometimes it creates dependency. See, it creates dependency. And when you 
And, 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 and I understand that as well, because then you depend on that. And you know why that it creates dependency? Because once you become a benefactor to that, uh, to that service, now you're no longer a servant. Now you're no longer a servant. And now it's harder for you to be made whole. Because you're dependent. <laughs> See, it, it goes, it's deeper than that. You're not a servant, you know. But see, what a father does, the father makes you serve other people. <laughs> That's what a father do. You know what, you need to serve other people, which is a good thing. You have to learn to serve. There are some of you, the reason you're still right where you are is because you, let, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you this now. Listen to me closely. And those of you that belong to this ministry, those of you that don't belong to any ministry, listen. The reason why you're where you are, the reason why there's so much confusion in you, confusion like, listen, is because you won't join a ministry in your long, local, local church. You won't join one if you belong to a church, and you won't even join a local church. Some of you, you won't go through new members class or you won't go through able ministers of the new covenant class to get into ministry to get to work. You won't go through it. And you don't, you think it's some other reason why you are where you are, but you won't even get into a ministry. You're sitting up just soaking in sermons, soaking in messages, just laying in the bed. And some of you are literally just laying in a bed. Just lazy and trifling. Just lazy and trifling. You got people that come up in this church going through cancer treatment. They coming up here. You laying in the bed. They coming up here pushing themselves to come and sit and hear the word. Not feeling so hot. And you being lazy and trifling. Laying up in the bed at home and not, not even, no, and wondering why you're just, you're where you are. Wondering why things don't work out. Wondering why your family's not working out. Your marriage is not working out. Your finances is not working out. Nothing's working out. You're lazy. Up, 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 up. No. You stay right where you are. See, I told you. The devil cannot stop you. You came to learn. See, you can't pick and choose when God, when, 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 let me tell you, when authority, when the Father started instructing you, say it's good for me. Say that with me. It's good for me. It's good for you. Don't get upset. And see, this is, again, see, you know if it's you. I don't know anything about you, but you know if it's you. Cause why? You know you. There, I, I mean, that just, just ticks me off to know people coming in, just pushing in. I mean, back problems and they still trying to come in and sit in. And you, laying up in the bed, bedside Baptist. Wondering why you can't get over the fact that your boo left you three years ago. What the? You need to get up and serve. Nobody cares about your boo. I can't believe this is happening to me. 
You know what? Cry and come on to new members class. Go through able ministers of the new covenant class. Let somebody put a badge on you and get you to work. Usher, drive a car, walk somebody to a car with an umbrella, clean a toilet, do something. Mop a floor, get a vacuum, just do something other than just sitting there being lazy, sucking up sermons. And not living not one of them. Not half coming to church. All of that foolishness. All of that unlearned, unclean, unholy stuff. See, all that is is just carrying the title of Christian. And not being one at all. Carrying the title of Christian is nothing. The only person excited about that is people that hear that. It ain't moving God. It is not moving heaven. Listen. Do something. You have to do something. Learn to serve. You know what? I'm going to tell you this. This is for some of you all that's married, especially you young marriages that's struggling. And, and let me tell you, you can hide behind them grins. You can hide behind all of that. But you're never going to make God a liar. But God is trying to give you a tool, Okay. Listen to me closely. <laughs> you know what will strengthen your marriage? Work in the ministry. <laughs> Work in the ministry. See, you sitting up there looking at each other all day long and then everything, that, that's not, that ain't going to make you happy. <laughs> that only works in dating, not in marriage. See, you get tired of looking at each other. <laughs> it's a whole different thing in marriage. That is what it look at you. You my best friend. Now, that only works in dating. Now that you're married, you need to get in a ministry. That's what's going to help your marriage. Both of you need to get in ministry. <laughs> Work in a ministry. Get up. Say, let you know what? Let's get it. No, no. Let's get it. No, not just me. Let's get it. Both of us. Let's get it. You don't need no marriage counseling. Get in the ministry. Get to work. Let us see. Restoration requires that I be constrained to love. Hurt people quit on love. Every time something get tight, difficult, uncomfortable, or uneasy, you don't want to love nobody. Mm, I'm staying home today. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, 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 uh. This is not happening. Mm. Uh, we don't even have enough money. I don't feel like it. I, ain't, I don't feel like doing my hair. And the father's going to put you in position where you're going to have to love your siblings. See, when you when you upset with somebody in the congregation, no, the father's going to say, no, we're going to do some loving around here. <laughs> we go. You're going to love your siblings. These are your siblings. You're going to love your siblings. You're going to learn how to get over your attitude, get over your hurt, get over what happened to you, and be constrained. Be constrained. And you know what? It'll help you fix your attitude. Change how you relate to people. See... I just don't listen, you know, uh, you don't want, you want people to do what you want them to do. But you don't want to do nothing for them. 
Did you hear me? You don't want to do anything, but you want them to do something. No, you need to be constrained to love somebody. To love somebody. Yeah, our church is this. We want to go. The doors of our church is always open. It ain't never been closed. But you don't ever want a key to open it. See, you, see, all of that, all of that is nothing but just, just a title. I'm a Christian and our church, ooh, we go, our church is, ooh, we're a teaching ministry, we're this, that, and other. But how are you walking in what you've been taught? You need to be constrained to love somebody. You want everything the way you want it. Even when you get to church. You want the seats to be clean. You want the carpet to be vacuumed. You want toilet paper in the bathroom. You want all of that. Everybody do that for me. But I'm not going to do anything for somebody else. See, when you get here, all you do is walk to a seat and go to the bathroom. It's clean in there and got a little stuff in there for me. I can put on deodorant in the bathroom and spray and got all, all, all of that. But you, 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 what have you done? Just come in and suck, just, just suck up sermons. Run out of here. No constraint to love anybody. I got to go. And you're wondering why your relationships are failing. Because you've never been constrained to love. Listen, if you can't be constrained to love by, t- you listen, by taking a father's assignment, listen, marriage is not going to constrain you to love that person. And it's the same thing. I know you don't get it. You don't get it. But I'm telling you, this is good for you. Did you listen? It's the same thing. If you can't be constrained to love by taking the father's assignment that's given, marriage is going to, to you're not going to be constrained to love that person. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the same. Point number three, restoration requires that I take on a father's work. We must all learn to take on a father's work, whether it's the heavenly father or a natural father or both. In other words, we all have to learn how to build on another man's foundation. That's what we're doing here. That's what this ministry is doing. We're building on another man's foundation. That's what we all have to do. We're all building on another person's foundation. That's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, he said, These things that you have learned and seen in me, the same commit to other men who will be able to teach others. In other words, Paul said, Do my work, Timothy. I'm not giving you a new work to do. I've already started it. Now you finish it. You do my work. You better follow that. You never see anywhere in the scripture where it says, Timothy say, oh, but, but what about my word? Paul said, do my word. Do my word. Paul didn't give Timothy a work. He said, Timothy, do my work. The foundation is already there. I'm sending you where I've already been. Do my work. See, you're going to have to learn to do another man's work. A foundation. Now, here's the problem with that. When you're not whole. 
You always want to do your own work. That's a person that's not whole. And it never amounts to nothing. Not anything. All the plans, all the things that you are, it never amounts to anything. Why? Why not? Because it is just a bad idea. Why? Because I'm trying to do my own thing, my own work. And you've never learned how to do a father's work. Now that's one thing, those of you that don't belong to our ministry, most of you in our ministry already know this. That's one thing that, about this ministry that you should know. All of the ministers here understand about the foundation and they understand about the work. And they're building on it. They're building on it. Cause they, they, let me tell you, because they, have, they walk in what they've been taught, they know it's not about them. I know it's not about me. We know what it's all about. See, the way you learn how to do your own work is the first, learn, the first thing that you learn how to do is to, to, to put your work aside and do the Father's work. Did you hear me? Listen. You must submit fully to a Father's work. You have to submit fully to a father's work. Oh, we don't want to do that. It requires that I'm faithful to my responsibility. That's how you build trust. You're fully, fully uh, submitted to the father's work and then you are faithful to your responsibility. Restoration requires that I finish my work. If I do something for, the, uh, uh, for a father, I have to finish that. That is, I have to leave it better than the way I found it. And that's what people lack. They will jump up and leave left, leave things just like, just, just disappear and think they're spiritual. And think they're spiritual. Not, don't have not an ounce of spirituality in your bones. Because if you could do that, you don't know this, this, this is elementary right here, and you could just do that. You cannot do that. You cannot leave where God has placed you unless you've, you've left it a better place. Not just leave it. What we like to do is leave the Father's work. <laughs> not leave it better, just leave. I gave you those three things because I want to end with this. You know what part of the problem is with ministers, with people, and especially sometimes with ministers. They want their own ministry. Everybody wants their own thing. This is what you need to understand. A ministry is like an outlet. Listen. You know, if you plug a power strip, I was looking at it last night in my bedroom. I was on my computer and I was looking at it. Well, the, a ministry is like the outlet. And then there's a power strip that, that, that goes in because I, I was looking at the cords. And when you start pl plugging different things into that power strip, all of the juice comes from the outlet. No matter how many, you know, you can have a long strip, no matter how, it's still coming from the outlet. 
But a lot of time ministers and those that have been called to the ministry and they can't get this, they want to bypass getting hooked into and into the strip, they want to go straight to the outlet. They're like, I don't want to, I want to skip all that, I don't want that. But it's the same electricity that's going out. That outlet is the same electricity that's going to everything that's plugged into it. But they like, mm, yeah, but I want to, I want to, I want to do the outlet. Every Person, every appliance that is in that electricity and that out that outlet is going to flow through to every strip that's on on that strip. Every that from that outlet, it's going to it's going to get the same amount of electricity. And that's why people get up and they leave and they just set up because they want to be the outlet. I want to skip that. Come on, come on. I know this. I know that. How you want to be an outlet and you can't even handle the strip? You can't even handle being a strip. You can't handle this message. It's just coming from the outlet to the strip. And before God can raise you up. So you can be in position. You're going to have to be on the strip. So that you can hear from him directly. He's saying, first, don't you try to do a father's work without being instructed. Just plug in. You're going to get the same electricity. And then, you know, over time you can learn something. You'll learn how to handle it through the strip. Then you can get it from the outlet. Nobody want to wait to their turn. I want, I want it now. And this is what happens. When you do that and everybody, they want to, you know, I want to, I want to minister. I want to minister and I want to show people what I have and I want to do this and other. And you know what? You have a whole congregation of people that just blown circuits because everybody's all over the place. That won't happen here. I don't care what you know and how you know it. There's a way we do things. And it's going to be that way. I'll say it again that I've said before. Listen, there's a difference between church growth and a crowd. And there's a big difference. And we get excited, but let me tell you, there's a big difference. Because I'm going to tell you here, you're going to grow. We demand that you grow. We're going to teach you until you grow. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter about it. See, we're not, we're not, we're out of the book of Numbers. God started in the book of Acts. You need to start acting like God. I'm not impressed with numbers. I'm not impressed with crowds because I know that's not church growth. Because people get excited about any little old thing. But you learn from a father. Don't launch out and try to do it on your own. Many of you that belong to this ministry, you, you didn't understand when your founding pastor was here, and you still don't understand now. And God is trying to make it, give it clarity. Well, he had us fasting and praying at the beginning of the year so that you can have a clarity of vision, and you still want to act blind. But you know you. You know you. There's value in being underneath a father's work. 
There's value there. And this happens in business, in ministry, it happens in families, it happens in young people, those who get married before they should, those who get children before they should. I'm just trying to get you plugged into the wall. Just get on the strip. Realizing you have to realize to yourself, you know what, there's value in another man's work. There's value there. There's value there. God is moving us to a place, church. We gotta understand this. We gotta know this. We gotta, we gotta be okay with this. We gotta say, Father, I understand. I must change. I understand what a father is. I understand what a father figure is. I understand what a head is. I understand, Lord, and because of that, I'm under that authority, and I want to hear what is said, and I want to obey. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to trust you, God. See, that's the thing. You have to trust God. You got to trust nobody but God. And God is going to speak. And I tell people all the time, if you don't trust that God has sent me, or any of these ministers, move on. Find somewhere that you can trust. Because you're going to have to trust somebody. You're going to have to do something. And some of you, I'm telling you, uh, God, when God told us in previous years, your time is, I'm telling you, your time is so short. So short. And you're still going to do your own thing. Some of you, you don't even have... You, if, if you died today, you wouldn't even have a church to bury you. If it was time for you to give your child something, you don't even have anything to give them because you don't have nothing in you. And, and all of your children are following suit to you. You're held accountable. You're held accountable for everything You have to understand that. I want to be under authority and I want to be ordered, Lord. Order me. And let me tell you, that takes work. That takes pulling off the... I'm telling you, you got to pull off layers of flesh for that. Because let me tell you, because sometimes the orders will be so strong for you, you be like, why? Why? No, uh-uh. They did. Or, or you hear a word and be like, oh, they didn't have to say it like that. See, that's what I don't like. I, I, you know, I don't like the way he said it. It doesn't matter. See, some of you didn't like that I said trifling. Lazy and trifling. I meant that. I'm not taking it back. Because it's not about what you like. It's about obeying God. God, But see, when you stand before the Holy God, you're not going to be able to give any excuse of why you didn't obey all of the tools He's given you. Everything He's telling you to do. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to say it. You're not going to be able to run and hide. You're not going to be able to do any of that. It's time to grow up. We got this thing going on with uh, what's happening in our country. Let me tell you, something else is coming. <laughs> something else is coming. Are you ready for it? I'm telling you now, something else is coming. I'm telling you before. Oh, hey, so now I guess she's prophesying. I'm telling you now, Something else is coming. We are in perilous times. 
this coronavirus is nothing but a precursor of what is to come. You better snap yourself out of that fantasy you in and get into reality. Because this is the time right now. You don't have time because it's coming. And it's coming fast. Let me tell you, it's going to come so quick it's going to be like a tsunami. You're going to be like, oh my God, it's upon us. And God said, but I told you beforehand. And I told you where you needed to be. Because where you need to be, you know what he's doing? He's positioning us. So when it does happen, we're going to already be in position. We're going to be positioned. See, I'm fully persuaded by it. Whatever comes, he said, those that I make whole, that are healed, that are restored, that's walking in righteousness, they don't have a thing to He said, it's likened unto putting blood over the doorposts. It's going to miss you all together. Why? Because I positioned myself by simply being restored, being made whole, being in right standing, being where he can use me when it all happens. Because he's going to call upon his when it happens. And he's going to say, what position are you in? So you're not going to be able, let me tell you, God is not a toy. He's not playing with you. He's not playing the games. He just showed you. You know you, whether anybody else do. You know this is your chance. This is your opportunity to say, Father, I hear you. I'm making the adjustments even now. I'm learning to... See, swallow that about a father. Just swallow it. Just take. Just swallow it. Stop, stop holding it under your tongue. Stop holding it in your mouth. Stop, swallow it. See, you still holding on to that. You can't get past that. Thank you, Father. Swallow it. It's not until you swallow it that you can see what it's all about. See, it's not until you swallow it until you get to taste. It's, it's got to get down in you. Got to get down in you. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.